A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with us on the program today. You know, I wish we were talking about constitutional carry. Not that we couldn't. There's just not a lot to report. We are still uh, awaiting the uh, final legislation in Georgia. The House and Senate have both passed bills. Uh, just waiting for it to get to uh, Governor Brian Kemp's desk so he can sign it. Uh, things still look okay for constitutional carry in Nebraska. That, that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about just because we've uh, we've seen similar legislation advance only to fall ultimately short in years past. So if you are a Nebraska gun owner, I would encourage you to uh, contact your state senators and, uh, again, keep encouraging them to support constitutional carry. Now, today we're going to be talking about a gun control bill. Yeah, this one introduced in Minnesota, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know how far this bill is going to go, uh, but the reason why I'm talking about it today is because this is one of the fundamental priorities for the gun control movement. It doesn't matter if you live in a safe state like Texas or an unsafe state like New Jersey or California. Gun licensing, not just at the state level, but at the federal level, too, again, is one of the core uh, agenda items for the gun prohibitionists. And in Minnesota, uh, State Senator John Marty has uh, introduced a licensing requirement for gun owners. Uh, Marty spoke with a KSTP in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And they said that uh, under his proposed bill, anyone purchasing a gun at a commercial business, gun shows, or through individual sales would have to acquire a license, which would require gun safety education and training, similar to what people have to do when they obtain a driver's license. He says, it seems to me that it's no more of a burden on lawful gun owners than driver's licenses are a lawful burden on drivers. Well, let's break that down. How about? So, first of all, the right to keep and bear arms uh, is is a right, unlike the right to drive a car, right? There's, there's, there's that. There's also the fact that uh, you do not have to have a driver's license in order for you to drive your vehicle on private property. It's only on the public roadways in which a driver's license is required, unlike Marty's bill, which would require you to be licensed simply to have a firearm in your home. So we're not talking about a license to carry, of which I have my own objections, but we're talking about, again, a license to possess, which squarely uh, is different than a driver's license because a driver's license is a license to drive, right? So there are some big differences. There's also the fact that Requiring a driver's license does not prevent people from illegally getting behind the wheel of a car, right? I mean, we've seen across the country right now the number of juvenile carjackings that's taking place is is skyrocketing. In cities from Philadelphia to Los Angeles, the number of juveniles who may or may not have a driver's license certainly are not old enough to legally possess a firearm are 
illegally using a gun to illegally steal somebody's car at gunpoint. And that's not being stopped by the requirement to have a driver's license. It's not being stopped by the requirement in uh, places like Philadelphia, excuse me, uh, Los Angeles, to you know have a good cause in order to obtain a concealed carry license or to be at least 18 years of old to possess a firearm. Those laws are not stopping lawbreakers. And yet, according to Senator Marty, his bill will. Yeah. Marty told Eyewitness News that he's trying to target juveniles and young adults who he said often have an easy path towards buying guns. What the hell is he talking about? An easy path for teenagers and youth to buy guns? How so? You've got to be 18 under federal law in order for you to legally purchase a long gun. You've got to be 21 under federal law in order for you to legally purchase a handgun at retail. So how on earth are these juveniles and young adults having an easy path towards buying guns? He said, quote, for young people, I want to make sure we're getting specific here, for young people, the 15-year-olds, he says, who can easily access guns now and commit armed carjackings and murders and other things, you know, they would have to go through training and they would have to go through a process to do this, said Marty. And we would have limits so that some of these 16-year-olds couldn't go out and buy guns. Um, I ask this in all seriousness. What are the qualifications to get elected to the state Senate in Minnesota? More importantly, what are the qualifications to actually write legislation? Because apparently there are none. Because John Marty doesn't have a clue as to what the current law is. Apparently, and either that or there's something even more serious going on. Let's go back to this. Let's break it down. All right. For young people, he says, the 15-year-olds who can easily access guns now and commit armed carjackings and murders and other things, you know, they would have to go through training and they would have to go through a process to do this. Wait, is he saying that under the terms of his legislation? A 15-year-old could actually be licensed to buy a firearm? Is that is that what Senator Marty's saying? You know, we're going to blow up federal and state law. 15-year-olds can buy guns. Absolutely. They just need to go through the training first. I doubt that's what the senator is saying. I doubt that's very much what his bill actually uh, entails. I, again, I'm, I'm, it's, it's rare that I'm at a loss for words. I'm kind of at a loss for words here. It is so uh, gobsmackingly stupid. What Senator Marty is talking about here, we would have limits, he says. So some of these 16-year-olds couldn't go out and buy guns. Senator Marty, you moron, there is no way that any 15 or 16-year-olds, the people who you say are, are the targets of your legislation, there is a 0% chance that any 15 and 16-year-olds in many, uh, Minneapolis or Minnesota, not, I mean, the state, doesn't matter, Zero percent chance that any 15 and 16 year olds are lawfully buying firearms. There's also a zero percent chance that requiring all legal gun owners to get a license beforehand will actually stop 15 and 16 year olds from illegally acquiring a gun or illegally using those guns in the commission of violent crime. You know, we often talk about how these gun control laws are aimed at the law-abiding as opposed to targeting violent criminals. I cannot think of a clear example of that. 
than Marty's bill introduced in Minnesota. The sad thing is that Marty is still trying to convince the public that no, 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 this is actually common sense gun safety regulation aimed at you know the, the, the real problem here. No, it's not. No, it's not. This wouldn't do a damn thing to stop a single violent criminal or a juvenile offender from committing a violent crime or illegally obtaining a firearm. This would, however, put up more roadblocks, more barriers, and another burden on the exercise of the right of the people, adult people, to keep and bear arms. And yes, despite what Senator Marty believes, it is, in fact, a right. Now, he is getting pushback in the Minnesota legislature. Representative Steve Draskowski said he disagrees with uh, his colleague, called the proposed bill, which has a companion bill in the House, quote, the most outlandish and extreme gun bill I've seen in my 14 years in the Minnesota House of Representatives. He said that he does not share the same belief as Marty that a gun license requirement will save lives. He says a firearm is simply a tool. Guns are not violent. Guns are just guns. And people are violent. Yeah, he's right about that. But I would, I, and I don't know if, if the representative was actually privy to the senator's comments about, well, if we pass this bill, 15-year-olds won't be able to go out and buy guns. I don't know if he knew that, but now that those comments are publicly available, I um, I would encourage, not even just every Republican lawmaker, because again, this is this is so stupid, it should draw bipartisan opposition in Minnesota. I would encourage every lawmaker who actually knows what the law is, to take the opportunity to publicly remind Senator Marty of his buffoonery, of his trying to uh, pull the wool over the eyes of Minnesota voters by once again cracking down on legal gun ownership in the name of going after violent criminals. Again, I've, I've yet to see an example that is quite this absurd, so congratulations, Senator Marty. I mean, you really, you've, you've knocked it out of the park here. If you're going for asinine gun control bills, if on the other hand, you're really looking to try to make a difference, try to make a dent in the state's crime rate, I would encourage you to, I don't know, increase these sentences for juvenile offenders who commit violent crimes. Actually providing some consequences to violent actions would go a uh, lot further than continuing to try to criminalize the right to keep and bear arms. All right, we'll keep you up to date on this legislation. It's not gotten a hearing in the Minnesota legislature. I hope that they do hold a hearing just so everybody can laugh at it and then laugh and point at Senator Barney. <laughs> you dummy, what are you doing? Get out of here. But I don't know that it's going to happen. All right, turning our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where, by the way, there is universal background check laws on the books, but those on the books a couple of years ago, the Democrats did. And guess what? Violent crime's only gone up in the state since then. Here's the, one of the latest headlines. Man accused in fatal Albuquerque shooting while on probation. That's right. Speaking of consequences or the lack thereof, um, Isaiah Perez. Charged with an open counter murder, possession of a firearm by a felon and conspiracy in the uh, death last August of 28-year-old Daniel Garcia. He was booked into the Metropolitan Detention Center on Friday night. He is on probation for a 2020 shooting at a house party and now accused of murdering Garcia during a fight at an illegal street racing gathering on the west side of Albuquerque again last August. Authorities say Perez attacked Garcia after a race. Garcia tried to leave repeatedly before Perez and others who were all armed surrounded Garcia's car and started firing shots inside. 
At the time of the killing, Perez was serving out a five-year probationary sentence after taking a plea deal offered by the district attorney's office. He initially had faced several felonies, including multiple counts of aggravated assault, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, after he and others opened fire on a home with dozens of people inside in August of 2020. At least four people were injured. But again, he ended up getting probation in that case in 2020, less than two years later, allegedly employing roughly the same MO in uh, allegedly shooting and killing 28-year-old Daniel Garcia. And again, had authorities actually sentenced Isaiah Perez to any prison time for opening fire on a house full of people two years ago? Maybe Daniel Garcia would be alive today. But because the authorities in New Mexico decided to take a hands-off approach to this violent crime, Isaiah Perez was given probation, released back to the streets, and again, Daniel Garcia is dead. And now Perez is charged with his murder. You you, you know, you don't hear a lot of lawmakers in Mexico talking about these types of sentences, at least not not Democrat lawmakers. No, again, they're they're all in there. They're they're much more focused on universal background checks, red flag laws. What gun control law can we put on the books this year? Again, all of those laws aimed at legal gun owners. When somebody's actually convicted of a violent crime, what happens? Don't do that again. If I see you back here, boy, that's when I'm going to get serious. And in this case, maybe they will get serious on Mr. Perez. It's just too bad it took a murder for it to happen. Uh, All right, today's Armed Citizen story, Kirkland, Washington. It was Sunday night, that would be last night, when a uh, homeowner in Kirkland, Washington allegedly shot an intruder. We don't have a ton of information about this case because it is so recent. Uh, But Fox 13 in Seattle uh, reporting that the uh, shooting happened around 10.45 Sunday night. Uh, Authorities uh, got a call about the shooting. They say the suspect taken to a hospital. The condition is unknown. According to police, the homeowner and the suspect did know each other. Uh, the investigation remains ongoing, but this is being described as a break-in, not as a you know disturbance involving somebody who was in the house and uh, an argument ensued. This is being described as a burglary slash break-in. So we will uh, bring you more details as it become available. But uh, right now, again, authorities investigating that, uh, investigating that case as an act of self-defense. Today's good deed of the day from Hayes, Kansas. A police officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help save a four-week-old baby who was unresponsive and not breathing. Uh, that uh, officer, Jason Bunsinski, uh, Officer Bunsinski, I really hope I'm not butchering your last name. It was uh, just before 8 p.m. last Wednesday when officers learned that uh, this infant who was not breathing was actually a four-week-old preemie. Uh, Sergeant Jason Bunsinski with the Hayes Police Department, the first to arrive on scene. Department says that uh, he entered the home, found that the baby was not breathing, still unresponsive. So he immediately started performing infant CPR. Uh, and after over two minutes of CPR, was able to get a breath and a pulse. By the time EMS arrived, the infant was breathing on its own. EMS transported the uh, young baby to a local hospital. He was then flown to uh, Wichita, Kansas for further treatment. Uh, at last report, 
The Hayes Police Department says the family has informed us that the child continues to breathe on his own and is doing much better, which is fantastic news. Uh, Jason Basinski, by the way, a 23-year veteran with the Hayes Police Department. The department said we're extremely proud of Jason and his quick response in providing life-saving medical care to the child. Please join us as we continue to pray for the child's quick and full recovery. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Sergeant Jason Basinski there with the Hayes, Kansas Police Department. We thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. Now, that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. We really do appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. I would encourage you to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We've got even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. We're updating the website constantly with even more stories, including stories for our VIP members, stuff you won't get anywhere else. And if you'd like to become a VIP member, all you have to do is uh, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. You'll get a significant savings on your discount. Or significant savings on your membership, I should say. Yeah. And uh, you will get access to that exclusive commentary, analysis, news stories you won't find anywhere else. It is our way of saying thanks for your support because it does mean a lot to us. I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, be free.